Welcome back. It's officially draft week here on On the Line, and we are taking a look at the centers tonight. Um, we're pretty we're not taking a look at every center in the draft, Ben, but we may as well be taking a look at every center in the draft because with the game evolving the way it is today, there's just fewer and fewer true centers. But we will look at the ones that are in the draft and are projected to go in the first round um, and maybe early second round. So those centers tonight are Jalen Duran of Memphis, Mark Williams of Duke, Walker Kessler of Auburn, and Christian Coloco. And we're going to throw in a little fun guy for you at the end of the at the end of the night. Uh, international prospect by the name of Ismail Kamagate. Uh, ben and I both have borderline first round round grade, early second round grades on him, and um, we think he could probably be a steal for someone at the end that early second round. So all of that up next on the line. Thomas, shake, crossover, step back. Nobody's home. Picked off by Miller. Goes ahead. Lane's on the other wing. He finds oh. it. Oh! 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 Yeah! Send it in, Jerome! Pass Devendorf at the buzzer. Oh! Good! Good! They will check it, but if it stands, it's another Syracuse buzzer feeder. Gonzaga has time to do something. Sox for the win. Oh, oh, oh yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The perfect season remains on go. Are you? Oh, my God. There is. There are onions, Jim, and then there are major onions with a kiss. Oh, my goodness. One of the great games. first player tonight we're going to get into is the highly touted prospect um, in terms of where he's selected to go in this lottery, but I'd say more so highly touted in his high school rankings and kind of who, the, who this player was coming into the year, and that was Jalen Duran of Memphis. Um, let, let's get into it, Ben. What are your strengths and weaknesses and you know your thoughts of Jalen overall as a prospect? Yeah, like you said, a big, big time player coming out of high school, coming into the college game, uh, going to Memphis along with Imani Bates and some other high, high class recruits that have come into Memphis the last couple of years under Penny Hardaway. Six foot 10, 230. The dude's a bull. He, he's huge. He's got long arms. He's thick. Uh, NBA ready body already at 18 years old. Uh, nice and young. How the NBA likes to draft these guys. The, the one thing that stuck out on tape to me was his anticipation and timing on his block shots. I thought it was very, very good and something that can be translated to the NBA almost immediately. He also defends straight up a lot of times and stays out of foul trouble. I, I, I couldn't find many games throughout the year where he was in foul trouble. And with the amount of minutes he's played and with really no other uh, 
big man beside him with this Memphis team. It was very, very impressive to see that. He's got a strong and solid base. Uh, he, he's somewhat switchable, I would say. Not small, fast guards, but wings he could kind of stay with. And uh, his length just allows him to stay within guys and uh, block shots and contest shots. Gets up now the court really, really quickly. He can play the NBA game. He can play the transition game. He's not going to have trouble staying up with the ball up and down the floor. The other thing on offense that you immediately notice on his tape is his lob ability. He can catch a lob anywhere. And with the Memphis guard uh, situation this year being what it was, and it was terrible, he caught lobs in a variety of places, too high, too low, too far to his left and right, caught him, slammed him down every time. He's really, really good at that. His second jump is also very quick. Sometimes he couldn't he couldn't dunk the lob. He'd have to come down, go back up. Uh, you know, whenever we talk about second jumps, I think Zion Williamson is probably one of the best in the NBA his is not far off. He gets up very, very quickly for a guy at his stature at six foot 10, 230. The size, strength, and aggressiveness is just a great combination to have in the NBA as a big man. Makes him a great rebounder, makes him really active on defense, makes him really hard to box out. Uh, just constant energy all the time. Uh, Jalen Duran uh, with his big body, he's just going to be a force to be reckoned with on the boards and defensively, I really think. Uh, the negatives I've had on Jalen Duran kind of one handed when it comes to finishing. I think he's not all the way comfortable finishing with the left, though there is some touch here and there. You can just see he really, really wants to go to his right. Uh, not much of a post up package, which is, is kind of strange for a strong uh, big man coming out of prep school. You know, you'd think they'd feed him in the post every other possession in high school, but not really there with the post package, more of the roll on the pick and roll kind of guy that he has that mastered. So don't really look to see a big post game out of him in the NBA. The jump shot ne needs some work. I, I wouldn't say it's uh, you should give up on it, but the rhythm is really not there. And the uh, lift I would say is not there on him. The only bad thing I really had on defense for him was he bites on pump fakes a little bit. Uh, that's easily fixable in the NBA, I, I think. And, uh, my, my comparison for Jalen Duran is Chris Weber. I, I a lot you already of had a you already had a Chris Weber in this in this, but continue. Go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. Just when already... I turn on the Chris Weber Michigan tape, the the strength and aggressiveness out of Chris Weber in college and going to the A reminds me a lot of Jalen Duran. Uh, just all energy all the time with his length and his strength. I, I think he's going to have a productive NBA career. All right. On to, on to me. I'm going to get right into my comp for him. Um, I'd say my comp for him are two guys from the early 2000s in terms of Amari Stoudemire and, and Jermaine Neal, just because both of those guys were younger Younger athletic centers, power forwards, power, the power forward position, what it was then, um, it's a lot different now. <laughs> like uh, Amari Sotomar, if he was coming out today, he would strictly be a center. Same thing with Jermaine O'Neal. Absolutely. So he, he's got the similarities to those two guys from the standpoint of he's, he's only 18 years old right now. Like He doesn't turn 19 until November. Um, th this is a kid who reclassed, so he, he has that working for him. But 
as you mentioned, he already has an NBA build. Um, and just like Jermaine O'Neal and just like Amari Stoudemire, you know, pretty physically athletic freak, imposed his way throughout high school based off of his strengths and athleticism. Um, but he doesn't really have any post moves and he doesn't really have much of a jump shot outside of like five feet. Um, so I would say, yeah, I completely agree with you on, on his strengths and weaknesses. Let's it's so weird because like the, the centers now, every single one of them coming out, you just say the same thing. Oh, high floor, low ceiling guy. And you say this because all they're really going to do is just screen and roll to the basket and crash the boards. And Jalen Duran's probably going to average 16 and eight, 16 and nine. And we won't really know if he's any good until he gets on a playoff team. And then we see him in the playoffs and then, um, you know, he gets put on a million switches a game and then um, someone like, uh, I don't know, Stephen Curry or CJ McCollum or uh, Mike, not Mike Conley, Jesus. I, I, that's how you know. That's how you know I don't watch much NBA. But, you, but you know, the elite guards, Luca, uh, they they get Jalen Duran on a switch and they start exposing him and everyone on NBA Twitter is like, oh, this guy's a bum because he can't guard a switch and you can't even play him in the playoff series. So I, I don't know. It, it's funny because on one hand, Ben, you have this guy who's this elite prospect he was a number one overall player in his class. He reclassed and was still that guy. He's not going to turn 19 until November. He's 6'11 with a 250 pound frame and a 7'5 wingspan. And you say, this guy's like, why isn't why isn't he going top five? And it's just because of the way the center position is going. So I guess my my softball question to you, and like throw it up to you, is number one. Who who drafts Jalen Duran? And number two, what is the best case scenario for his career? It does feel like whoever drafts him, it has to be fitting a need. Um, Because you're not going to pick a guy top 10 who's going to be a bench guy. Like if you already have a young big man who's proven he can play in playoff situations, I don't think you're picking Jalen Duran. That being said... He's a kind of player who can fit in on a bunch of teams because he is good at the pick and roll. He is good at rebounding. And I do think he'll end up being an okay playoff uh, big man. But but you're right. It's going to have to be a fit pick, in my opinion. I could see someone like the Hawks if they do end up moving John Collins. Maybe the Hawks uh, picking him. I don't know. There's a lot of teams in the top 10, 12 that do have uncertain futures. Do the, do the Rockets with their second pick want to take a big man after trading Christian Wood? It, it could go a lot of different ways, but I agree with you. It does feel like Jalen Duran's going to be a fit pick where, you know, guards and wings are kind of just taken and, you know, you figure it out later. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think a team is just going to take Jalen Duran because they like the talent. Because he's the he best has. player available. Which is kind of insane when you think of, it is. you know, how how highly talented of a prospect this guy was. Um, anything else on, on Jalen where, where, where we have him in the big board, um, teams you, you would like to see him take taken by? Also, how would you feel if the Pelicans stuck him in eight? Let's start there, too. Um. I just don't see him in a closing five with Valanchunas on the team. 
I don't think he's going to be better than Valanciunas for the first two or three years of his career. I, I don't see that. Valanciunas already has an established jump shot, which is going to help space the floor for them. Uh, I could see him taking over the Larry Nance role, but what Larry Nance plays 15 minutes in a playoff game, 20, 25 when he gets hot. Uh, I, I don't see it's worth the pick for them. I think, I think they do need to go guard and wing. Uh, more with their pick and just keep building their depth because you can't have more than one of these guys on the floor in a playoff series. It's just been shown that you're going to get killed on defense. What about the Spurs? I wouldn't hate it for the Spurs. I mean, is are they married to Yakupoto? I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think anyone should be married to the Yakupoto tipouts, man. Um, I, I will say that the Spurs have a lot of smoke with Jail with uh, Usman Diang. There's a lot of smoke with Uzmi and Yang to the Spurs at night. So that'll be interesting. I, I asked I ask these questions because I, I think there's a chance that Jalen Duran and the next center we're going to discuss kind of like fall into the mid-teens, late teens. So let's get into the next center, and that's Mark Williams of Duke. Um, I think you're – I think we're both kind of a little bit lower on Mark Williams than probably the general public, so – why don't, why don't you tell the people why that is, Ben? I mean, when you just look at him in comparison to somebody like Duran, I just don't think he has the same – I don't think he moves as well as somebody like Jalen Duran. I think that becomes a big, big problem uh, defensively in the NBA. Uh, I saw a lot in college basketball him getting exposed by guards. Uh, it, it just happens, and he's just not moving well enough for my liking. I will say he's a great finisher in the dunker spot. I have nothing to say really bad about him offensively. I actually don't hate his jump shot. I, th- I think there's something to build on there with his jump shot. Uh, he anticipates the ball well for, for putbacks on offensive glass. He's all around a good rebounder, finishes really well with his right, has some nice touch, runs the floor pretty well. But in terms of side-to-side movement, staying with someone in, on defense, even – a center who can dribble. I, I'm not sure if Mark Williams is going to be able to do that in the NBA. It's just not quick enough to react sometimes. And unlike Jalen Duran, I, I think he does foul too much occasionally. And uh, he was in foul trouble, some for this Duke team. And unlike Jalen Duran, I don't think he has any comfort with the ball. You know, if he catches it at the free throw line on a pick and roll, I'm not sure he knows what to do with that at this point in his career, whereas somebody like Jalen Duran, I think has a little more polish to handle the ball, take two dribbles and get to the rim. So I, I wouldn't say I hate Mark Williams. He, he's the second, well, he's actually the third big guy on the board um, in favor of Christian Coloco, who I think also has some better ball skills to him. But I mean, he just reminds me a lot of Clint Capella and it, it, Clint Capella is going to be what he is. And he's going to be fine. He's going to catch lobs. He's going to dunk the ball. And he's going to get rebounds. And I, I don't see that much more coming out of Mark Williams than that. I want to I want to ask you a quick college basketball question because you brought up something that I've I've noticed over the last three four years when watching college basketball. You said that Jalen Duran he didn't get in foul trouble as much as Mark Williams. However, I will say this, just I don't have any stats to back this up. It's just been my own observation. I think the higher conferences call the game way more close than the lower conferences. True. When I went to the Mountain West game, the um, 
CSU against Wyoming, I could not believe the fouls that they were letting the guys get away with. And then compare that to the CU Boulder Arizona game that I went to and also a completely night and day difference. And every single conference in college basketball is refereed differently. It's infuriating. So uh, because I say that to to remind you that Duran did kind of get in foul trouble in the Gonzaga game. In the Gonzaga game. So it's like and and you're mentioning some of some of the different things about uh, Mark Williams being exposed by guards and and Jalen Duran hasn't been as exposed as guards. Do you think that's just kind of a reflection of the talent that Duran played in? It could, it could definitely be. Uh, even though I, I rate the American Conference, I, I think there's some really good basketball teams and basketball players. I just think the quick first step is really not there for Mark Williams. He he has good closeability and he has good length, and he blocks a lot of shots. I'm just not sure that the quick first step is there, which is required to keep up with some ball handlers. Yeah, for me, it just boils down to. He he's a very similar player to Duran. It's just Duran's just way, way, way more athletic and kind of stronger. And he is stronger. You know, he he's has that goal. yeah, he has that first step. So naturally you're gonna just go with Duran. But uh no, I, I think Mark Williams is a solid prospect. And I've seen a lot of stuff where Mark Williams uh, go at, at 13 or 15 to the Hornets. The Hornets. I, I just want the Hornets to get Jalen Duran instead. I agree. That'd be way more fun. And, and and to me, if you're the Hornets, don't don't package 13 and 15 and trade up. Unless you're going to trade 13 and 15 up to the Pelicans for eight, then maybe go ahead and do that. I wouldn't mind that. So let's let's move on to the next guy, uh, Christian Coloco, who I did see in person at the Arizona CU game. Um, Coloco kind of played himself into first round contention, really in the tournament. I mean, you you talk about a guy who capitalized on the tournament like no other. I mean, his teammate Dale and Terry did as well, but. Christian Coloco really capitalized on it, and that that TCU Arizona game. You're going to be talking about that game forever. Um, what an incredible game! What, what an incredible game! But but Coloco was unbelievable that game. Yeah, I mean you're right. Throughout the tournament, he was awesome. Really showed off uh, what he has a variety of skills in his game. I really think uh, seven foot one, two thirty, seven foot four wingspan. What I really like, and I, I like this about Matherin too this year, and this entire Arizona team, they just grew up as the year went on. They kept building on their game. They kept getting better, especially Coloco, man. Uh, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, he was a completely different player. He's a great lob threat. He has really, really soft hands, and that's what I think really differentiates him from the big men of this class is his handle his passing ability, and his soft touch. He just has really good hands. He's able to uh, pick up on the on the pick and roll when he gets the ball and they trap him. He's able to find the right pass. He's able to pick apart the defense a little bit. And he's a great rebounder. Offensive and defensively, just brings a ton of energy to the game. Uh, does decently as a rim protector. I wouldn't say he's as good as a rim protector as, say, Mark Williams. But uh, he's athletic enough to hedge and switch on defense a little bit. 
he's got a really fast second jump as well. Great footwork. He understands angles. He understands leverage. I, I just fell in love with this guy watching Arizona over the year. He just kept getting better, kept getting better. And the playmaking really, I think, brings a, a ceiling to his game that he may be able to reach one day. The perimeter game is not there, and I really don't have any confidence that it will be there. I, I really don't have any confidence it will be there. Uh, he's not going to be a, a guy where you throw it to him and he faces up his defender and takes him off the dribble or anything like that. Uh, the screen, this guy, this guy's a five in every single definition of the way. Absolutely. Like, don't uh, don't even ask him to do dribble handoffs on the perimeter right now. No, I wouldn't be doing that either. Uh, the screens leaves a little to be desired. Uh, he could be a lot stronger on the screens. His footwork could be better. Uh, his timing on the screens could be a lot better. But, uh, man, I, I just fell in love with his soft hands and his his touch and his passing vision. Uh, my comparison was, was Jared Allen with some passing ability. Now, Jared Allen in the last couple of years has developed a great jump shot. Uh, which I don't know if really anybody saw coming. And so hopefully maybe Christian Coloco can develop something like that. Jared Allen has become actually a very good jump shooter for a guy his size. Don't know if Christian Coloco gets that, but uh, the athleticism Jared Allen brings for a seven-foot big man and his soft touch around the rim is is something that I really think Christian Coloco can bring to the game. Coloco definitely... Definitely has better footwork and understands leverage in the game more so than Duran and Williams. But I think that kind of just goes to him being in college more and having more experience with that. And and to me, that's that's almost why I, I have to have to have Mark Williams ahead of him is because of the age difference and Coloco. Coloco's still very raw in, in so many ways, despite having the the wider depth of, of college experience. And you compare that to Mark Williams, and I just feel like Mark Williams is further along athletically. And I think his jump shot's probably going to be further along as well. So that, that. that's that's why I have Coloco where I do at 29 compared to Williams at 17. And, and and like you said, the the rim production is just not it it it's not really there. And I don't I don't think his body's as filled out as I'd like it to be. He he has a good body, but yeah, he can fill it, it out some more for sure. He, he can he can fill it out some more, and it's a little top heavy. So I, I'd like to see him getting getting in in the weight room and getting some legs done. So yeah. I, I like Coloco. I'm high on him. I think his biggest strengths he's he's got a hell of a motor. And he doesn't he doesn't quit. And for that, I kind of I kind of compared him to, to Kevon Looney for the for the Warriors. I I don't expect Kevon Looney to like ever step out and and shoot a jump shot outside of like maybe eight ten feet. You know, um. So so that's kind of that's kind of how I see you know Kevon Looney at times struggles with setting screens and gets called for the moving screens. So it, it's going to be a very similar deal, but I, I do think Coloco is going to make his money rebounding the ball. So 
I like him, and and if you and if he's here in the second round, I think you'd be making a mistake not taking him to be a backup center for you. I agree. Um, I will say I, I think you kind of were getting on something about him benefiting from the situation and the guys he played around. I think the rest of the Arizona team were high, high basketball IQ guys, and he just knew how to fit in with them. And he, I think he has a good basketball IQ. And I think that is one of his biggest strengths is he just knows where to be on the basketball floor. And, you know, he may not have the shot blocking ability of Mark Williams or the strength of Jalen Duran, but, uh, you know, knowing where to be in the right situations and effort overcomes those things sometimes. And, and that's, that's why I like Christian Coloca. Absolutely. Well, let's go to the guy easily with the best jump shot out, out of, out of this group. And someone that you and I have already admitted on this program we were wrong about. And that's Walker Kessler. Um, Walker Kessler, if you told me last year, Ben, after that North Carolina season, I, I have a first round grade on Walker Kessler, I, I, I would have told you you're absolutely insane. But, but here we are today. Walker Kessler's 25 on your board. He's 26 on my board. After that first season of North Carolina, I just didn't think he had it. Um, the the kid was pretty soft. He didn't he didn't really do anything defensively. He kind of got blown by defensively. His jump shot really wasn't there. Uh, a lot of North Carolina fans said it, it was because he didn't really get a chance. They felt Roy Williams didn't play him enough, so he goes to Auburn, um, plays for a lunatic in Bruce Pearl. Uh, someone, someone who who doesn't understand that Jabari Smith is the best player in the country, and <clears throat> Walker Kessler just dominated the SEC this year. And I'm going to use that word because that, that's that's what he did defensively. He was he was an absolute force, uh, rim protecting wise. He, he's he's definitely shown out of all the centers probably the best proven rim protecting ability in a big time conference and then throw in his jump shot. He's got a pretty smooth jump shot. He's able to hit threes and, and long twos, you know, so he's a pick and pop weapon there. Uh, huge kid. So the, the, the alley oops definitely always, always in play uh, in, in terms of his weaknesses. I, I would say, he still does need to get a little bit stronger. It's not nearly as bad as as the North Carolina days, but he can still like NBA bigs are gonna be able to get into his chest and kind of put him under the goal, and he's not even gonna have a chance to block a shot. Is essentially what I'm saying. So uh, that that is where I'm at right now. That's why I'm at at twenty at twenty six, which I thought was too high. And I see some mock draft where he's going 18. So, uh, okay, that's that's a little too rich for me. But no, I I really enjoy Walker Kessler, um, and and that's that's saying a lot because I, I I did not think I did not think I would ever say that. Uh, for for instance, Walker Kessler last year, he played in 29 games. He he averaged 8.8. Minutes a game, four point four points, three rebounds, and only one block. Um, and so that was in, that was at UNC. Um, and then this year he played 
in 34 games, averaged 25.6 minutes. He shot one and a half threes a game, so only 20% clip, but um, he, the form looks good. He was 70% from the field, and he averaged 11.4 points a game, eight rebounds, and here's the big number, 4.6 blocks. Um, he was he, he he was an absolute force at the rim. So, yeah, SEC player of the year, defense on the defensive end and SEC all defense and all SEC. Uh, he, he, he showed he could do it against the best athletes, and I think that's why teams are probably going to take this guy in, in the first round. And good for him. Yeah, and you left out national defensive player of the year, which he received as well. Uh, one of the best seasons we've seen in a while in terms of shot blocking to do what he did in the SEC, such a physical league with huge guys down low. Uh, very, very impressive for Walker Kessler. I was also surprised to see that he was 20% on his jump shots this season. I do like the form. I At all the big guys, I like his form the best. He looks comfortable shooting the basketball. I will say the shot comes a little bit from his shoulder. Uh, and kind of, he kind of has like a little narrow base going on, but they'll, they'll fix that in the NBA. I think the touch is there with the jump shot. And uh, once he brings his jump shot up further, I think people are going to have a really tough time blocking his shot and they're just not going to be able to at his height. Um, like you said, elite rear protector. I think I thought he has decent foot speed, you know, not going to be able to keep track of everyone on defense, but decent enough foot speed to shuffle back and forth, block shots, get in front of guys, uh, get rebounds. I thought he did really well as the role man this year for Auburn. Was very good at slipping the pick and roll, had good instincts when he caught the ball. Uh, incredible lob threat. The, the only things on for weaknesses – he got a little too overzealous with uh, trying to block the ball, block, trying to block people's shots. Fell for some pump fakes sometimes. Got himself into some dumb fouls, and then uh, sometimes on the pick and roll, he just didn't let the ball go early enough, getting it out when they were coming to help on him, and he ran into a lot of charges, unfortunately. So I'm not sure if he's going to be best setting pick and rolls all the way out the three point line because I'm not sure he's comfortable getting the ball at the free throw line and getting into the paint. I think he's more of a one dribble into a dunk guy or just catching the ball and dunking it. Um, I'm not sure he's completely there with dribbling the basketball, avoiding charges and dishing out to the corners and stuff like that. But I mean, like you said, I think someone's, there's going to be a team that's going to fall in love with them. I really think uh, what we saw out of Brooke Lopez in the playoffs this year, I think could mirror a lot of things that Walker Kessler could do in the NBA in terms of the defense, the shot blocking, the rebounding, and be able to stretch the floor as a seven-foot big man. Um, that, that's what I would like to see at a Walker Custer when he gets into the NBA. And do you have a comp for him? Brooke Lopez. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah just, just being a uh, shot blocker, rebounder, defending the inside and, and being able to stretch it out on defense, providing some space as Brooke Lopez does for Giannis, providing some space for drivers and able to catch and shoot. Agreed. Well, let's let's get into, I think, uh, your favorite prospect of the night, um, the Frenchman, Ismael Kamigate. Take it away, Ben. Yeah, I didn't know much about him. A uh, 6'11", 220-pound player at a 
Paris, France. Very intrigued when I saw he plays in the same league as um, when Banyama was able to find a full in game Benyama. tape. When, yeah, was able to find a full game tape of him playing when Banyama held his own. Absolutely held his own. Uh, when Banyama looks like he has six to seven inches on him, he only has about four and a half. But Wimbanyama is going to have that on most people in the NBA as well. Held his own, especially physically. Uh, was able to get physical with him a little bit. Was able to contest shots. Was able to get rebounds, box him out. And that's what really drew my attention to him. Then I went further into him. He's a, he's a really good lob finisher. He has a finishing ability with both hands. He's comfortable with the left. He's pr- pretty comfortable handling the ball. I, I know that is the Euro League, but... I think some of that will translate. His jump shot has some building blocks. I think he has some really smooth rhythm to it. He was very willing to shoot the ball in the mid-range, and he has really good court vision. Uh, He was able to make passes off the pick and roll. He was able to anticipate well. Um, He was a really good shot blocker in the Euro League. Showed the ability to be mobile enough to stay with switches. Uh, just a really, really athletic guy. Very raw, very raw. Only shot 62% from the free throw. Really has no three-point range. But who, who knows? Maybe that stretches out with the way he's shooting. He's willing to shoot the mid-range. Uh, you know, some of these polished things from not playing high-level college basketball or G League or NBA just doesn't have the best um, positioning on the pick-and-roll defense. It's not like he's doing anything wrong. He just doesn't know where to be yet to adequately guard the pick and roll. Gets caught in the middle of the roller and the ball handler a lot and uh, doesn't have the right rotations. I really just think that's coaching and more experience. He's a very young guy, very raw, just has a ton of athleticism. I just like what I see with him. Uh, The big things that stand out is he's comfortable dribbling the ball and he has a left hand. I mean, those are big things, I think, when it comes to big man, whenever you can finish with both hands and you're comfortable with the ball, uh, it doesn't stop the ball in your offense. It doesn't stop the flow. And uh, you can go left or right. I really like that. Uh, the guy who reminded me a lot was Chris Boucher for the uh, for the Toronto Raptors, the Oregon product. Uh, just an extremely athletic, hard worker, and uh, had some good touch around the rim. Chris Boucher does. And so that was my comp for him. Yeah, I, I like that comp a lot. Uh, I didn't know anything about him, obviously, be, before uh, before I started watching him. The, the things that jump out for me are his his high motor, the relentlessness on the boards, but he doesn't he doesn't let that attitude kind of translate to, to his scoring ability. Like so often you see the guy who crashes the board, um, he gets off and rebound and then he just blows the layup because he's so amped from getting the rebound. Um, Kamagadi doesn't really do that. That was very impressive. And the other aspects of this game that I, I think just needs to be harnessed with more reps and, and more coaching is his court vision. He's, he clearly does see the game very well, and, and he clearly knows what's going on, and that's that's very impressive. Um, we would just like to kind of see it at, at a more efficient pace because 
when when I get to the negatives of Kamigate, it's the defense positioning. He's he's kind of lost. He doesn't really know where to go help side, where to go when when he's defending a ball screen, um, or even defending an off ball screen for that matter. It's 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 pr- it's pretty rough on the defensive end there. Uh, but like you said, a lot of that can get get covered up with, with hard work, and when you can combine hard work with athleticism and length, it you know it's pretty easy to get covered up, but I don't want to cover it up. I want it to become an area of, of strength and I want him to, to build on it. And then the other part of his game is he can, he can get a little sloppy with the ball. Like I, I know you talked about the willingness to dribble, but he did almost average nearly two turnovers a game and he really wasn't playing that many minutes. So um, last negative is his team was named Jeep uh, United. Uh, and that's just ridiculous. <laughs> the early teams have some crazy names. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely do. But any anything else from the big men before we get out of here, Ben? I'll say uh Kamagate's tape against Winbanyama was better than Chet Holmgren's tape against Winbanyama uh a year ago. In in the uh in the World Cup. All right, well I just I like to point that out. Again, folks, be careful with those World Cup games. <laughs> if you... I learned a lot from the World Cup games. We yeah. should have learned that Kenneth Lawson was ready for the big time. <laughs> that You're right. You know what? That, that's a really good point. Shout out to Kenneth Lawson. I wish second... we would have seen what Adam Miller did this year because uh, we would have learned even more. Yeah, you're not kidding. Although I don't think Adam Miller will be on the team next year. Anyways, speaking of Kenneth Lawson and second-round steals... Next episode, we will be covering the draft more of a whole, discussing guys that we like a lot, guys we don't like a lot, and guys we think will be a solid second-round steal, maybe even an undrafted steal. Who knows? Um, there's always there's always three, four point guards each year who it's like, well, he, he's only six foot. How, how do you... He, all right. Well, what what are what are the guy's weaknesses on the court? Nothing besides his height. And if your weaknesses are your measurables, then you don't have any weaknesses, and you deserve a shot. <laughs> Colin Gillespie. Yeah, yeah. Colin Gillespie's gonna go undrafted, and I'm gonna puke all over myself. But it's okay. Also, we will be hitting you with a mock draft probably Wednesday. So yes, it's gonna be fun. All right, see. You.